Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. If you have felt defeated, if you've been discouraged, it's because you've been uh, looking at the wrong things hearing the wrong things, feeding on the wrong things. Um, faith has to be fed. Uh, so many times people are starving their faith and feeding their fear <laughs> and wonder why they get in such a, uh, a distraught condition. Well, whatever you feed in your life grows stronger and whatever you starve grows weaker. So you want to starve fear. You don't want to feed it at all. And that means you've got to be selective about what you listen to, about what you watch. Uh, it includes all those horror movies. You don't need to be seeing that. Anything designed to scare you, to put fear in you, that includes a whole lot of, of the evening news. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? A lot of it, you know, people have found out that, that folks, they'll get more views uh, with bad news than they will good news. Well, so then they gravitate towards mostly all bad news because they want the views, they want the advertising and what have you. But that's not going to help you. You may feel more informed, but you'll be less faith. <laughs> you'll be full of fear. So that's why we have faith school. Uh, in faith school, we don't talk about how bad it is. We certainly don't talk about it being hopeless are impossible, we talk about what God can do. Amen. Amen. We talk about miracles happen yes. and all things are possible with God and to those that believe. So you're in the right place to push that fear down and get it out and get that faith fed and start speaking faith and acting faith, giving God something to work with in your life and you'll see tremendous results when you do. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance and anointing, asking you to give us eyes and ears to hear and see uh, the, the supply of the Spirit for right now, the fresh manna from heaven right now. We ask for it. We know it's your will to give it to us. We thank you for being so gracious and faithful and good to us. Thank you for answers today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please in uh, Hebrews, the third chapter. It's uh, one of our main texts in our series that we've been on for some time now. We're calling it Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews, the third chapter, the seventh verse, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Now verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you 
an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He, he's pointing back to the generation uh, of Israelites, seed of Abraham, that God delivered out of Egyptian slavery and bondage. And he's saying, don't do what, hap- what they did. Don't let happen to you what happened to them. And if the scripture says that, should we take that seriously? Well, what if you don't even know what happened to them? <laughs> you know, well, you're certainly not, uh, you know, forearmed and ready to deal with that, which is why that we're given the scriptures and why we're exhorted with similar thing in 1 Corinthians 10. We're told several places in the New Testament to look at that and be warned by that and learn how to resist that and avoid that. Don't let this happen to you is the message. He said, and he keeps saying, uh, don't harden your heart. Verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Now that implies what you see in other places about faith, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Or that could be translated through faith and persistence or perseverance. You've got to stay with it. Uh, So many things, the big things, don't happen overnight or by the end of the week. You have to keep saying and believing and expecting and doing what he told you to do week in, week out, month after month. And that's, you know, time tries trust. When, when time goes on and you haven't seen everything you're desiring and endeavoring to stand for, that's when the enemy will come, try to tempt you to be weary and try to question, well, why hasn't this already happened? And why not, why did this was allowed and why didn't the Lord do this? And you got to watch about that because you start entertaining doubts and, and you're beginning to question God's character, his faithfulness, his goodness. And the enemy will push you to challenge God, which is what they did. There was, uh, there was one point where they, they said, uh, where is God? Can he do it? Basically prove it to us. And that's what he's talking about. They tried God. They tempted God. They tried to prove God. And that is the opposite of faith. Faith is a rest. See, he goes on in this very next chapter, chapter 4, to talk about that. He said, verse 3, chapter 4, verse 3, We which have believed do enter into rest. Verse uh, 6, Seeing that remains that some must enter and to whom it was first preached, didn't enter because of unbelief. Verse 11, let us labor to enter into that rest, lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. Said out loud, faith Faith. is a rest. rest. See, faith enters into rest. And he cautions, he said, "They, they never did. Now, for one thing, the promised land, is a type of rest. But the rest of faith is a resting of your whole being on His faithfulness. 
a, a reliance on him. If you don't trust, you won't rest. So you'll, you'll, you'll be agitated and you'll, you'll think, well, I, uh, nothing's happening. I've got to take it into my own hands. I've got to make something happen on this or we've got to get somebody else. To, and you've got to pressure people to try to make something happen. Can you see that is not rest? That is not rest. And it's not faith. This uh, anxiousness, this uh, impatience, all of that reveals unbelief. This is the very thing that kept them, it kept them out of rest. Their rest, you can almost picture the rest in the land that flowed with milk and honey. Houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, orchards and vineyards, hammock under the palm tree. Huh? Does that, does that sound like rest? Why? You're not struggling against the Egyptians. You're not being worked out in the field as somebody's slave. You're not oppressed. You're not scared. You're in rest. You're in rest. And the only thing that'll get you there is faith or trust in God. God can get you there and, and you have to trust him to do it. And in order, excuse me, when, when you're doing that, you cease from your own labors, like he said here. You, you cease from the agitation uh, and the, you know, being discontent of the world. And you allow the peace of God that passes understanding to begin to keep your heart and keep your mind. And when you finally start trusting God is when you finally go, ha, <laughs> it's going to be okay. The Lord's, the Lord's got it. He's faithful. He told us this is what's going to happen. And I know it doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it at all. But you just watch and see. He is faithful. And when the dust clears, that's how it'll be. <laughs> Hallelujah is exactly what he said. Said out loud again, faith. Faith is a rest. When I'm trusting God, I'm resting. Hallelujah. I'm resting. Resting. Whether it's about your body, about your healing, or about your finances, or about your, you know, your relationships, whatever it may be, to be scared, to be upset, to be anxious is to not trust to not be in faith. And it's a choice what you look at. Uh, we're here in Hebrews. Go, go back with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians 4 and 6. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing. Be careful or, or full of care for nothing. Now, he didn't say try. <laughs> right? Right. The Lord never told you to try to do anything. Now, you'll see some modern versions and translations use that language. Do your best, try, make your best effort. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. That's not in the original text. The Lord never said that. Why? Well, him saying try to do it would imply a couple of things. That either he doesn't know whether you could do it or not, or he knows you might not be able to do it, but he told you anyway. 
Neither of those can be true. If the Lord told you to do it, wouldn't he know whether you could do it or not? And if you couldn't do it before he told you, when he told you, his words are empowerment. Is that right? If he said, be strong, be courageous, do it, then with those words comes ability. Say it out loud. His words are enablement. They are empowerment. Hallelujah. If you'll receive it and agree with him, it actually quickens you and makes you able to do what he told you to do. You remember when uh, the disciples were in the boat out on the lake and uh, the master came walking on the water and they were frightened and scared. And, and he said, it's me, you know, don't be afraid. And, and Peter said, well, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Tell me to come out there. Well, how many think at that point, Peter is not able to walk on the water? Right? No, he's not. That's why he's not getting out of the boat right now. But what did the Lord say? Come. Come. When the Lord told him, come, was there power in the word to enable him to come? And when he dared to step out of the boat and act on that word, when his feet touched the water, the power in that word come manifested. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's standing on top of that. He's not just walking on the water. He's walking on the word. Can you see that? That word is manifesting. And that's the way it is. That's not the last time the Lord did that. He does that all the time. And if you're in a situation that looks, you know, desperate and you see no way out, all you need is a word from the Lord. Just like that. Just like he told him, come. In that word was the power to overcome that situation and to come right out of it. In that power, in that word was the power of a miracle. Now, he said in, in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, or as one translation says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Does this sound like resting? Yes. Hmm? yes. Be careful for nothing. Don't fret. Don't have any anxiety about anything. Now, a whole lot of people do not believe this is possible. There's a lot of church-going people, they just don't believe that verse is possible. If you, would, if you would just give this verse to them, if they're upset and you say, well, no, you know, uh, be careful for nothing. Don't worry or have any anxiety about anything. They'd, they'd probably get irritated with you. And look at you and go, well, yeah, but you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm going through. And you don't understand. And well, did the Lord understand? Is this inspired? Does the Spirit of God know what can and can't be done? You see, this is the way you come out. Yes. Yielding to the fear, worrying, fretting, being anxious. That's how you go down. That's how you stay down. That's how you get defeated. And you can choose to change the channel. You can choose to stop talking about the problem. Stop dwelling on it. That doesn't mean you're denying there's a problem or pretending it doesn't exist. We're not talking about that. We're talking about choosing to obey God. And if he said, focus on me and listen to me and quit fretting about that, can you do that? Yes. Can we do that? Yes. We can. We can. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Sometimes people, I've had people say, well, well, if I don't worry about it, what am I going to do? What, what am I, good question. He answered the question right here. If I'm not worrying all the time, what do I do with myself? Well, you pray. Yes. Huh? Yes. What do you do instead of worry? Pray, and not just pray, because some people turn what they call prayer into worry sessions. Huh? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, Lord, did you know how much money I owe? Did you, did you know what a mess I'm in? Did you know what they said the report is? And you say that over and over, you know, 45 times. He knew before you said it. You're not informing him of anything. He knew it before you started talking. He's not talking about begging and being scared. He started out with, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Be careful for nothing. That's where you start. Stop that stuff. Quit that. And pray, supplicate with thanksgiving. If you don't end your prayer with thanksgiving, you didn't finish your prayer. You didn't get to faith, right? Because in order to get in faith, you got to believe at some point. You got to believe God heard me. And, and if you're praying according to his word and his will, you know the scripture said, if he heard you, then he grants your request. And so you got to believe he heard me. You got to believe it's his will. You got to believe he grants my request. And so now what's it time for? He heard my prayer. He granted my request. It's already in the works. Helps on the way. Time to what? Worry some more. Beg and cry some more. No, no, it's time to give thanks. Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. You got to end in thanksgiving or you didn't finish. With thanksgiving. And what will happen? Verse 7. What will happen? The peace of God that passes understanding. I mean, this is something you cannot find in a bottle. You cannot find it in a pill. <laughs> no amount of possessions or, or anything natural or physical can give this to you. Somebody say the peace, the peace. that passes understanding, passes understanding. Is, mine. is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, if you'll do this, quit your worrying, quit your fearing, pray and give thanks and the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your heart and keep your mind through Christ Jesus. Then he tells you how to stay there. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, so he's still talking to us. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. This is how you stay in the peace that passes understanding. You're selective about what you think on. Hmm? If you don't get control of your mind, you won't have control of your life. You, you won't stop being uh, unstable if you don't get a hold. Because to be carnally minded, Romans says, is death. It works death. But to be spiritually minded, he said, is life and peace. Does it matter what you think on? How much does it matter? According to Romans, it's life and death. Is that really true? Yes. It's true. Thoughts 
thoughts come from somewhere. Thoughts are not nothing. They are spiritual things. And they can come from the enemy. And they can have death in them. Or God's words contain God's thoughts. Oh, hallelujah. And his thoughts are high thoughts. Hallelujah. His thoughts are spirit and they are life and they are peace and they are joy. And when you choose to think on them, it connects you to life. It connect, God's thoughts, thinking on them, connects you to Him. He is light. He is life. Turning around, thinking about the problem, thinking and talking death, connects you to death. Connects you to the source of those deadly thoughts. There are thoughts that are just poison. I mean to entertain them and especially to, to ponder them and think on them more than a moment or two and to talk them. Is it poisons you. It poisons your, your mind. It poisons your emotions. It, and it can begin to affect your body. It matters what we think on. Do you believe this class? Oh, it matters. You cannot be a victorious Christian and think on junk all the time. Think on death. And so when he talks about entering into that rest, getting into faith, can you see it is tied so closely with what you think about? He starts out by saying, don't be careful, don't be full of care about anything. Is that thinking about the wrong stuff? When you're full of care, you're anxious, you're upset, you're worried. So don't do that. Pray, give thanks. The peace of God will come on you the moment you do that. Did you hear that? This is not a theory. This is truth. This, is, this will work this way every time you do it. Did you hear this? Stop worrying. Start praying. Start giving thanks. And the peace of God will come. Hallelujah. Did you see that? He said, you do the, verse 6, quit worrying, pray and supplicate, give thanks. Verse 7, what will happen? And the peace of God that passes all understanding will come. It will come and keep your heart. It will surround your heart. It will surround your mind through Christ Jesus. And I mean, your situation has changed when you were so upset and now the peace of God's on you. Hallelujah. You're not high. You're not drunk. <laughs> You've got peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the world can't give you. But he goes a step further and tells you how to keep it. Because, you know, you, you didn't have that peace uh, before this. And so if you don't keep doing what you're doing, you can lose it. So what does he say? Finally, brethren, all those things he mentioned, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, think on these things. You got to keep your mind focused on what the Lord told you to think on or elsewise you'll lose his peace and you'll lose that, you'll get out of rest. And so when you do that, verse 9, those things that you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do it. Do it. He said, you've seen me do this. You've seen me. Cast, did, did Paul have anything to get scared or worried about? Oh man, people are always trying to kill him. Is that right? I mean, 
all kind of things were going on, but uh, apparently he practiced what he taught and he walked in peace and walked in grace and, and life and, and joy. And he said, what you've seen me demonstrate, and that's the things he just got through talking about in verse 6, 7, and 8. He said, do it, and what will happen? The God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. You can live in the peace of God. You can function and operate in this peace. That means you're not scared, you're not depressed. Come on, y'all listening class. Uh, if you have been struggling with what people would call mental issues and emotional issues, it's simple. You've been thinking on the wrong things. And I don't even have to know you. I don't have to know any details about it. If you have been distraught, upset, discouraged, depressed, you're not doing this or the peace of God would be there. Can you see that? Yes. Whether it's me or you, whoever it is, the Bible said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Yes. Now the next thing is people will say, Yeah, but I, I just can't. I just can't. It just comes and, and I can't help it. That is a lie. That is not true. Now as long as you believe that, you're stuck. The enemy's got you tricked. He's got you deceived. But whose mind is it after all? Huh? Your mind? Whose mind is it? Who's running it? Who's at the wheel? Who's driving this thing? Huh? Huh? Who? Do we know? It's just a mystery. We don't know. It just has, your mind has a mind of its own? No. No. Come on. Put your hands on your head. Say it out loud. My mind is my mind. I have control over what I think, what I focus on what I meditate on, what I consider, what I look at, what I listen to, what I say is in my control, in my control. Hallelujah. 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 And I choose to put my mind on him. Hallelujah. I choose to do exactly what this is. Things that are true. Well, if it's not true, don't think about it. Things that are lovely. If it's ugly, don't think about it. Is that right? If it's a good report. If it's a bad report. Somebody say, yeah, but it's a bad report. I know. Quit thinking about it. Look what it's doing to you. Look, you've messed up your makeup. And your hair's grown. <laughs> Quit. Quit. <laughs> Quit. Huh? All you got to do is see what it's doing to you. Thinking on this. Look at what it's doing to you. And if you, if you realize that you'll have an awakening, go, i got to quit this. i got to quit this. Change the channel. Refocus. Put my heart and mind and my mouth on what he said. And immediately that peace of God will come back. Hallelujah. His presence will be right there. His peace will be right there. And you are on your way out of that situation. Hallelujah. Can you say yes? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, our time's up again today. Let's say it like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, we never made it to our text over in Numbers today, so you need to come back, don't you? Come back tomorrow, and we'll build our faith some more 
We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.